The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'll take Rams 28-27. 28-27? You're going to go some points in this one? Yes, sir. Okay, yeah. all right. All right, we'll see. I'll bet you $5. A handshake? $5. It's our first handshake. It is, $5. Is it bothering you to actually, like... No, it's hand? all right. I'm going to put hand sanitizer on after right. this. I don't all know right. where your hands have been. <laughs> <laughs> I was only on the wrong team and 38 points off. <laughs> only just off. I totally forgot about that. Where's my fucking money? fuck is it in my bag oh yeah the old in the bag trick you hear that what's up it's chris sims on button paul burmeister is here Good to see it's you. the centennial episode everybody number 100 did you know before you came in today? uh i only knew because oh <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so where's great. that roker can we get a damn new picture of me is this the only fucking picture we have it, they call me e- evil Roger Goodell in that picture. It That's looks a, like when, when they said three, two, one at one, you, you, you backed up. I was at a red carpet event for oh. Super Bowl 50. Oh. Yes, yes. Not very, just any event. Just not anyone, a red carpet event. Mm-hmm. Yes, very big deal. Is that how they make you stand? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. My wife is standing next to me. Obviously, they photoshopped her out of there. How dare they? Right. How dare they do that to me and my wife? I'm going to bring that up with HR here. At there NBC. you go. Um, to just go back to what we did. We had Baltimore and the Rams. We bet $5. <laughs> and you sent me – I should read your text. I need to go back. But you were I said Rams like, by one. Rams by one. And like three minutes into the game. I you said were like throwing like, the oh. towel. He said in a text, like throwing the over. towel. This one's over. Yeah. Did not have a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they steamrolled them. Uh, but we'll get into some Rams talk. Like I said, it's episode 100. Sorry to say that the big fucker will not be here this week. Mm. Uh, he has some work to do. He's got some CBS stuff to do. How dare he do that? And he's with you siblings probably instead of you well i mean that's what he always does i mean yep one day he'll see his grandkids here in connecticut one day you know it's so far away it's all 35 minutes of a drive i I swear he used to see me more in nashville and denver than he does now that's what's crazy about it all right too easy uh we're gonna do what the fuck happened you know that it's a wednesday podcast we're gonna uh, interact with some of the twitter instagram questions also Josh Norris at the end of this. We're going to get him on uh, for two reasons. Some fantasy advice because there's some great matchups in football this weekend. And he is from Charlotte, North Carolina, and a Carolina Panthers fan. And, of course, Ron Rivera was fired yesterday. That was big news around the NFL. And, of course, there's a lot of questions there whether it will Cam Newton be there next year and what direction do they go at coaching. So that's that. I think we paid off everything we need to pay off. Let's get into the meat potatoes of what the fuck happened. There you go. All right, let's get right to it. Yeah. The number one, uh, the number one what the fuck happened play. Right. Of this week. Yeah. In Seattle. Right. Late third, third yep. and five. It's 2017. 60-yard touchdown pass. Russell Wilson to David Moore. Yep. Immediately, Xavier Rhodes was, he was helping us by saying, 
what whoa, the whoa, fuck just whoa. happened. Yeah, that's a that's a such a DB move, isn't it? You know, when they get defensive beat. back or douchebag. Well, <laughs> a little bit of both. DBs, I always love when they get burnt because when the receiver's running into the end zone, they such always try to peel deep. away oh. and like not be Throw in the screen or turn around and like, where'd you guys go? You're yeah. supposed to help me out there. So, so I always get a I always get a kick out of that. I'm I, gonna pull up the play too. Yes. Uh, just so we can both watch it together as we always do. Yep. I think this one's pretty self-explanatory. There was a communication, obviously, uh, mishap there between him and um, Harrison Smith. Uh, and whether, also the free safety, too. Yeah, maybe. So this is where we're going to get into it. And All I don't right. know exactly what, it, what to say here. So here it is. It's third and five, right? To me, and again, this is what I'm going to say before we start the snap, and then you tell me if you think this is what you agree with. Okay. What I think they're trying to do is play a cover two look. But they're trying to do what we would call invert cover two. So this guy's going to go here to cover two. He, you know, the, so uh, Harris is in the middle of the field right now, making it look like he's a single safety. And the ball's on the left hash. Ball's on the left hash to the middle linebackers, what Minnesota always does. Barr and Michael Kendricks are right over the center like they might blitz. Harrison Smith is down to Russell Wilson's left, right? Also, Xavier Rhodes is on the left there, covering DJ Moore man-to-man. So, so what they're trying to do, because this is a very Mike Zimmer look, they're trying to make Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, hey, Harrison Smith's going to blitz. Oh, no. But we got to adjust. The he is. He's there trying to make it look like it. They want him to adjust the pass protection to where now they're trying to pick up the free safety blitz, and maybe one of the guys that blitzes through the middle, the linebacker, comes scot-free now because you've slided out to the free safety blitz, right? If that makes sense. I hope it does to everybody out there. So they're basically trying to trick Seattle's protection a little bit, and then when the ball snapped, they basically are going to go, oh, it's not really a blitz look. And what I think they're supposed to do – I think Harrison Smith is basically trying to take the job of the cover two corner, right? And Xavier Rhodes somewhere got lost in translation that he needs to get back to be a cover two safety. Mm-hmm. He's almost switching his role. Usually Harrison Smith's the cover two safety, and Xavier Rhodes is the corner down there playing cover two. Well, this is just a little changeup, and that's why you know you'd call it uh, we call it two switch, two switch, meaning the the safety and the corner have switched their roles. But I think basically what happened is. He never got the call. Like Xavier Rhodes. I, Xavier Rhodes, whether it was at the snap and then Harrison Smith to his fault too as he walks down, he never looked out there to make sure Xavier Rhodes has the call. So, and if you remember seeing on TV at all, like they kind of hugged it out. Like Harris, I mean, well, Rhodes went over to hug Smith. He didn't. He didn't look like he was ready to hug. No, you're right. Harrison Smith did not look like. Which, which means to me, I don't know what is that. What do you think that means? That he didn't, wasn't ready to hug. I think he was probably well aware that that Rhodes was looking back at him, calling him out. Yeah, and going like, "What the hell?" Because it wasn't like right. he threw up his hands for a right. second. I mean, he he kind of made a production out of it. Right. He definitely did. Now, and, and also, so is Harrison Smith mad at that, or is he mad at himself for not communicating more? That's the only well, thing. I'm just raising questions. That's I don't the one know. thing that we don't know. Right. We don't mean, know. We who, don't know. Who didn't communicate what? Right. Because if I'm Xavier Rhodes, there's no way I can be mad at Harrison Smith because there's, there's not a coverage in the history of football where safety lines up on the line of scrimmage and will then help you over the top. Yes, exactly so, right. I mean, no. It's obvious that he is no help to you. I, I, so I, I don't know what communication he missed out on. You're right. On. I think the context – what we're basically saying is Xavier Rhodes, even with not getting the call – should have the context clues to go, wait, the guy that's the safety that's usually behind me is right to my left, and I shouldn't be playing two yards off and on the outside edge of the receiver at the snap, right? Right. So, to me, I think that's what happened. And I also thought, take it back to to the beginning here, I also thought, 
that at the beginning of him being upset that he was upset with the free safety because he's the only one that's beyond 10 yards off the ball. Yes. Snap. But it becomes very obvious as Wilson takes the snap. He's no longer maybe in the middle of the field, maybe playing the middle third. He's playing that cover. He's playing the cover to the other he side. He cheated way over there. So right. it was very apparent also that he was not going to be of help. Yes. So did yes. two people not get the right call? I, I don't think so. I think it's just Xavier Rhodes. Exactly. I do. Yeah, I, do. I totally do. And then when you watch it on film and see the end zone copy, you know, he turns around uh, at, at he as an Xavier Rhodes, and he looks back towards Harrison Smith here. So, look, he's seeing his raises are, but he looks back that way, which because Harrison Smith is down there. And to me, for what the fuck happened, it's Xavier Rhodes didn't get the call or didn't pay attention or whatever it is. The other point of the matter is Xavier Rhodes is just having a pitiful year. There's mm -hmm. no other way to say it. You know, you, you, if anybody listened to Monday Night Football, this is the statistics of throwing him at him and everything about it, he is no longer and hasn't been really for the last two years a top-tier corner. That's why Mike Zimmer came out in the offseason and said he needs to play better. Right. They're play, paying him. Like he's Jalen Ramsey or Stephon Gilmore, and he's not that. And if you want to know what's why the Minnesota Vikings defense is middle-of-the-road defense, it goes back to an old phrase, follow the money. Mm -hmm. And when the money's not performing to where it should be, then you're usually your defense or your team in that specific area is not going to be where it should be either. Can they hide him by playing him in zone? Well, they could, yes. They're, they're a team that likes to play a lot of single safety zone and man. To me... I, you know, I would just go bench him. You got Mike Hughes, who's a first-round pick from last year. You got Alexander McKenzie, who's a nickel back. You got Trey Waynes on the other side, who actually is phenomenal in coverage. You just can't make a play on the ball. He's always on the guy. He just can never seem to knock it down or do any of that. Um, but, yeah, I just, you know, how many times do we got to see it, you know, before they just go, okay, he's hurting us more than he's helping us. That, that's what I would question there. What did you think of the Seattle offense yeah. with Carson and Penny healthy. Yeah, love it. I mean, love it. Looks really, really good. Right? It made me, as I'm watching it, I'm always watching with context of what you and I have talked about on this show in yeah. the weeks leading up to it. I don't know if it was a month ago or two months ago, but you were complimenting Russell Wilson, and you said, I just wish they would help him a little more because it's kind of like all him. But now with the formations they're running and how right. much they're running the ball, they're getting him under center yep. in shotgun. I'm watching and wondering, is Chris thinking, yes, they are giving him the help I wanted him to have. Definitely, 100%. And, and again, I'm not going to sit here and go like, oh, it's the most intricate passing schemes I've ever seen. But to what you're saying, the two running backs, yeah. the six offensive linemen sets are creative within the boundaries of how Seattle likes to play football, which is we're going to smash your face in with the run game and then Russell Wilson's going to run some play action, some boots, and we're going to attack you deep downfield when he drops back to pass. Like, yeah. that's what they do, right? You don't see a lot of, like, four- and five-yard completions out of Seattle. It's like they either drop back really deep and he throws a screen, or they drop back really deep and he throws the ball really freaking deep. Right. You know, that's kind of what they do. And that puts a lot of stresses on defense because their O-line is big. It's overpowering. It's well-coached. Uh, that's the, that's Schottenheim, Brian Schottenheimer's, you know, M.O. right there. has always been run game. You know, even when he was up here with the New York Jets and the offensive coordinator, they were good at running the football. And Pete Carroll, that's what he wants to do. He wants to control the clock, beat you up physically, keep his defense off the field so they can run around like a bunch of psychos and be fresh. And then, hey, Russell, you'll make a few plays when you need to. And that's kind of how they live. And uh, I think it's a great formula. And that's yeah. why they're in the upper class of football right now. You mentioned using six offensive linemen. Yeah. And for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see this along with us. Seahawks using six offensive linemen. The first 11 games, 
Uh, it, it didn't happen very often. Right. And now, week 13 against Minnesota. Yeah. 32 times. 32 times. Versus nine in the uh, in the first 11 games. Yeah, it's uh, it's phenomenal that they just went that drastic. I think two two things. One, they started to realize like, hey, this is pretty good for us. Six offense alignment. And then sometimes, you know, they bring in another tight end, so it's seven blockers across the board, and one's the extra and tackle. And they'll use a fullback as well. And they'll use a fullback as well, right? Yeah. So sometimes you just go, wow, okay, we got to load the box up because we're going to get overpowered here. But then it's, man, we're one-to-one, one-on-one with DK Metcalf or Tyler right. Locke on the outside. Ooh, by the way, had some really nice catches yes, underneath. Yes, he did, right? Not like into the body, yeah. eat me up, just like snag right, it. Snag it. He yeah. can snag it. You know, him and Josh Gordon, that's their value there. And then, of course, like DK can take you deep too. Uh, but that's where Seattle's dangerous. Seattle, as compared to other years, where I don't want to do discredit to, you know, some of the Doug Baldwin and some of the receivers they had. Like they were really, you know, Jermaine Curse and his, and his prime and all that. They were really good. I just think the group they have this year is more game breakers, more guys that are – putting fear into a defense where you go, whoa, they're big, they're fast, they can really run, and they can run by us. And, of course, Russell's one of the best deep ball throwers in the game. But I love the six-old lineman set. And I would think the other reason this, the last thing, and what we can move on, is uh, Minnesota loves to play nickel. Mm-hmm. They, they, I mean, I, I don't know what their numbers are, and I don't know if Pete Dimalitis can look that up real quick, but I would bet you they are one of the league leaders just off the top of my head and watching football and playing nickel defense. They love to have Anthony Barr, Michael Kendricks, and then they have five DBs in the game, and it's the 4-0 lineman. And with this team, too, and you probably have heard me say this, with Minnesota, they don't have depth in their front seven. They don't have depth in their defense. To me, this is one of the big problems with them. And that's why if you look at Mike Zimmer's record as a coach, December's not always been a great month for him. One, because I think they're not overly creative. And two, I think they wear out. You know, they just – Everson Griffin and Daniel Hunter and Michael Kendricks and, and Barr, they're on the field every play of every game. It never ends. And Linval Joseph is in there like 90% of the game, too. Yeah. They don't have enough of a rotation. They're a little top-heavy in their payroll, and that's the one issue I've always had with Minnesota. And, you know, I fear that it can come back to bite them in the butt this year. I, I, I want to well, – yeah. Pete, say that one more time. Minnesota uses nickel 74% of Six most in football? Fifth, fifth most. Fifth, fifth most. So there you go. Right. You know, I don't chart these things, but I, you know, as you know, I watch a lot of football and right. usually have a yeah, pretty yeah. good feel. Right? Yeah. I, I also want to say this about Seattle now that we're in December. Right. Russell Wilson warrants a lot of this talk about being an MVP. Yeah. But with this formula, you talked about the offensive line. Right. You showed the graphic. Both backs healthy. If yeah. they're going to run the ball between 35 and 40 times a game. Yeah to help him, and I, I looked this up too, and we all know what happens in January. These are going to be close games yes. that they're in, whether they win or lose. Definitely. Nine of their ten wins are one-score wins. Isn't it amazing? Or less. Yeah. So they're running the ball well. Yep. The quarterback's an MVP candidate, and they are used to being in games that come right down to the fourth quarter. They quarters. definitely, they're battle-tested A that way. A team that's easy, and I, I'm not from there. You're right. I don't necessarily like them or right. hate them. I just I watch them, and, but that's a team that in January. Yeah, they're scary. Yeah. They're, fear, they're fearless. For every reason. Uh, that's why you respect them. I mean, Russell's fearless in clutch situations. Pete Carroll, you know, he walks around like an old man all week, but on Sunday all of a sudden he's got, you know, hopping his step and he's running around, and they demand fearlessness and physicality, uh, and that's what's amazing about the NFC this year because the top teams are killers. They're killers. Yeah. They want to knock people's heads off, and that's where they are. And, you know, I think they're better now than where they've really been all all year long like they are starting to hit their stride because the defense has seemed to found its mojo um, and and I'll say this and their two losses 
hey, if they got to play Baltimore again, I don't, you know, I know Baltimore won 30 to 16. That yeah. game was closer than the score. They did one of the best jobs against Lamar Jackson all year in the quarterback design run game. Lamar Jackson ran for 100 yards in that game, but I would challenge anybody to go watch back. He scrambled on drop back pass game twice. That was really his big runs. He probably got 80 to 90 yards on two runs, which were not design runs. It was scramble and make something happen. Uh, I thought against the design Baltimore run game, they did a very good job. And then let's not forget their Saints loss. You know, it was a punt return for a touchdown by the Saints. And when the game was still close, the Seattle Seahawks, I can't remember who it was, a, a receiver fumbled and they picked it up and ran it for a touchdown. And Teddy Bridgewater's first start. So they won a game there that I think is – not always a way where I go, you're going to win games like that on a weekly basis. That's all That's all I'm saying. They're dangerous. We know that. Part two, what the fuck happened? Let's yeah. stay in the NFC West. Right. Uh, L.A. Rams. Yeah. How did Jared Goff and the Rams go from costing me five whole dollars <laughs> in losing 45-6 to six yeah. to Baltimore to winning 34-7, to seven, and Goff goes 32 out of 43 for over 400 yards and just made it look like a, a Friday walkthrough against the scouts. Yeah, it's it's uh, this was a McVay special. I mean, McVay deserves more credit than anybody. Jared Goff did a great job. I'm not sitting here trying to downplay anything he did. Definitely not. But, you know, the game was won by boots and screens. Why did they work – Sunday yeah. in the previous three weeks, right. was, they didn't work that well. Well, yeah, they've gotten away from their screen game altogether this year. This is something that, you know, I even did a little, like, a uh, little chalkboard spot on this a few weeks ago about their, their screens, the numbers are not where they've been the past few years. So uh, I don't know what the reasons are there for you. I, I really don't. I also think they've fallen in the trap a little bit of like the drop back pass game as of late. Like, let's get in the shotgun and spread people out, and we'll try to dissect you that way. Honestly, just I don't think that's Jared Goff's forte. I don't think that's his strength. Not to say it's like a great weakness, but I don't think he's going to carry your team that way. So I think Sean McVay went, you know what? I'm just going to go back to what made us really good the first two years, which is spread teams out horizontally, bootleg, bootleg, screen to the receiver, fake the bootleg, throw the screen to Todd Gurley after that, and then he attacks you vertically with the run game, the inside zone, basically. And that's what they got back to. Uh, and we'll see if they do that. Now, Goff does a great – you know, Goff throws the ball well on the run, and he's a pretty good athlete. And, you know, Robert Woods being back in the lineup and him being full go here, and Brandon Cooks changes their offense too. You know, Brandon Cooks missed a number of times. Robert Woods had the little personal issue he was going mm-hmm. through out there. Those are, those are guys that are important to this team because they play 11 personnel, as we've talked to about a lot, but found a lot of easy completions for them. Yeah. Right. I mean, it was easy. I mean, there wasn't a lot of many throws down the field or anything like that. He kind of managed the game, and Goff did what he was supposed to do. It was a lot of the intermediate. I say intermediate. I say between 15 and 20. Yeah. And underneath, uh, it, and if you can picture it, kind of in between the numbers. Right. So it wasn't outside. It wasn't deep. There, I wish I had a chart. It was a lot of between 5 and 20 yards. It was. Crossers and end routes. Guys not like – Wide open, but right. guys open by a step or two almost. Definitely, every time. it wasn't high-level throws or plays. You're right. It and, was, and is it was it mostly because they got back to what you said that they're really good at with the play action and boots, or did Arizona just fail somehow in well, blitz and coverage? They had Arizona. If I had to say one thing, what they did in their defense and the other aspect of what happened in this game, the Rams got back to up tempo, and when they go to up tempo and you just line up in a defense. What happens? Sean McVay gets into Jared Goff's ear. So Jared Goff can go double wing right, double wing right. And they get up, right? They get up to the line of scrimmage really quick. And 
Arizona was just lining up in a defense, and then he sits there for a second. So he's going double wing right, double wing right. Everybody's lined up with 28 seconds left in the play clock. Now Sean McVay has 13 seconds to go, oh, oh, they're playing this? Okay, hey, Jared, let's go fake 96 Seattle naked left, uh, Z over on one. And then Jared goes, hey, fake 96 Seattle. And then they have a code word, I'm sure, whatever it is. And fake 96 Seattle, blah, 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 blah. And he tells everybody, and then he goes, set hut, and they run it. To me, that's where you got to be careful with the Rams. You got to be able to disguise at times and not show the defense to McVay so then he can't get into a Jared Goff's ear and tell him the right play. That was another aspect of the game that really jumped out to me. So, a, a, a defense to prevent happening to them, what Jared Goff did to Arizona this weekend. Yeah. They just line up. They, 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 you they know line that that's up. coming. Yeah. Hey, for the first 10 seconds, we're just going to line up. Just walk around. It, Walk, that's why they had trouble with Baltimore at times because Baltimore's because walking around and you're like, what yeah. the hell are they doing? Yeah. And then, you know, what, what McVay tries to do against Baltimore in that game, he tried to quick snap them a few times. Let's get them up to this line and we'll just call a play and snap it because now they'll have to line up in a defense, right, to do that. But Baltimore's one of those defenses that has – a lot of defenses where they just fucking walk around. Right. And he couldn't crack the code that night. Right. So that's kind of what happened that night. And this is, you know, just what it was an interesting piece of this puzzle. So then my next question yeah. is why didn't they watch more of the Baltimore, Chicago, uh, Pittsburgh game? Now, I know those are good defenses, but in those three games, yes. and this is, I had to go back and I'm not that good at math. Yes. I had to go back and, and double and triple check. If you add up, okay, we're talking about three games yeah. with the Rams offense. Right. You add up number of Rams wins right. in those three games. Yep. And num- don't look at it. No. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> and number of golf touchdown passes. Oh, I'm not going to look at it that. In the, in the Rams. The three-game span. Right. It's a plus-plus. So, wins, golf touchdown passes. It, okay. All right. So, golf touchdown passes are off of play-action passes? Just or touchdown just, passes. All right. In the three wins. No, no, no. In the, oh, sorry, in the, in sorry, the previous sorry. three games. Yes. Previous three previous games. Previous three games gotcha, against gotcha. the Ravens, the Bears, and the Steelers. Okay. If you take the Ram wins right. as a team, right. the golf touchdown passes, and put those two numbers together, what's the total? Ooh. Um, gosh, in those games, I was going to say, he's only, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I couldn't remember a touchdown pass, really, actually. One. It was one? One. Jeez. That's, a, that's incredible, it's incredible for any offense. It is incredible, yes. Let alone the Rams. Yes, it is. It is. Well, again, it gets back to something you and I have talked about a lot this year. Sean McVay needs to reinvent himself to a degree. Uh, also, he played. But you said, but I mean, okay, reinvent himself. Yes. I think of one thing. Yes. Getting in the lab. Right. You said they did well because they got back to what they've always done. Yes, they, they got back to what they've always done. It's a great formula, Okay. My big thing is, well, this is what we have to remember. The three games where they really struggled, they mm-hmm. played three top-level defenses. Those are good defenses. There's no doubt about it. it. And especially when you get into the Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers, they do a lot of what we just talked about. The they Walker. stand around. Yep. You don't know what they're doing. And then you snap the ball and you go, whoa, it was a totally different defense than I thought it was about to be. Yep. So that's where they trick you a little bit. Um, they tried to do some of it against the Bears, but also I think what hurt them in some of those games is no Cooks and no Woods, too. We kind of take that into account. And I don't know why they got away with it. And to me, in some of those games, too, they just got shotgun happy. Like, let's, let's spread them out, and Jared will make the right throw and the right decision. And to me, that's just not the strength of their team. So I guess what I'm saying is I don't have the answers to your questions there. I don't know why they got away from it. Yeah. But I do know that, and I wrote this in my notes, and I don't know if you've noticed, but one of my last lines here is, 
Cardinals don't know if they watched Rams film before yeah. this. Like, did yeah. they watch what had isn't happened? It, isn't it a copycat league? No, it, no matter very what much. position you're coaching. See, to, I mean, to me, that's where I always get into, like, game plan specific is more important now than ever before. You can't just come out in games and go, this is what we do, and we're going to do it and not mess up. Great. But they have, like, high-level professionals on the other side. And when you always make them feel comfortable and going, oh, I know what they're doing, mm-hmm. they're going to be comfortable, and then they're right. going to make plays. And that's what happens to them. And my other thing is, too, what I think has helped them a little bit is, and last thing, and I know we'll move on again, is their two guys on the right side have changed their offense a little bit. The rookie, 73 Edwards, and the right tackle, 71 Evans, are upgrades from what they had there. You know, they are a little bit better road graders in the run game uh, than Havenstein, and I can't remember who the right guard was before that. So, to me, that's another thing that's kind of helped their team as they've gotten used to playing because they are rookies and gotten graced up here. I see little moments in each game, and I saw a lot of them the other day where they, they dominated some people in the run right. game. Yeah. Right. Before we move on, right. you said you didn't have the answers, but, I mean, I think you gave some pretty good answers. I, th- I hope so. Number yeah. one with the Rams offense, you right. they got back to what they've always done. Yes, they did. And that worked. And number two, right. if you're playing the Rams coming up, don't commit to what you're playing right away because you're playing into their hands with their pace and the way Sean wants to call them. No plays. doubt. You've got to disguise so, a little bit. Yeah, you got pretty to. well. Yeah, okay, okay. Good, good. Kansas City, Oakland. Yep. Chiefs, 40. Raiders, 9. Looks good. Right. It was an easy win. What's going on with the Chiefs offense? And it could be, hey, they've been awesome. Yeah. Or you could throw up a flag and say, I'm, I'm not sold on these guys right now. Yeah. Well, I, I think my big take with the Chiefs right now is, of course, it's not hitting on all cylinders to what you're saying. It's not. Um, I also think, just from watching film, I think they're tinkering with their offense right now. And I think they realized, like, hey, you know what? Some of our shotgun pass game, you know, we're reinventing the world from last year and 50 touchdown passes and all that. Just like we talked about with Sean McVay, the NFL's caught on. You know, it's been more than a year and a half now to where everybody's gone, okay, they like to run these routes. It doesn't matter what the formation is. This is kind of how they attack you. You can do all these bells and whistles Mm -hmm. and smoke and mirrors and all this before the snap, but really when they snap the ball, they still end up in these areas. So what are teams doing this December that they weren't doing last December? All right, so first thing I want to say, and I think we have the graphic, Pete, right? I know I had a few little drawings just of, like, what I wanted to show people do. Like, this is not intricate stuff, but for anybody who's listening and not watching on YouTube, Basically, what I wrote is like four little pass patterns that the Chiefs do, and it just shows that people can play areas against them. You don't necessarily have to play the player. It's not intricate routes. I don't know if you, you were on with me or not with Dad a few weeks ago saying the Chiefs are not a route-running football team. They just run, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a deep cross and a, a post over the top with another shallower cross underneath it. Or it's, you know, uh, three receivers to the right and the inside receiver runs a deep cross and then the slot receiver runs a grow and the outside receiver runs a go and then the receiver, a single receiver to the left runs a short cross underneath it. It's a lot of that type of stuff to where you can go – Great, they faked the speed sweep, and this guy went in motion. But at the end of the day, they're all ending up kind of right here. And I think that's what's happened to them more than anything. And I think they are in the process right now. And the game I saw alone, uh, or just even the last few weeks, they're underneath the center more. They are trying to run the ball a little bit more. They're trying to throw screens a little bit more. 
I do think they're trying to change their approach a little bit because they've realized we can't just line up in the and shotgun. And this has changed for the better. I think it's a change for the better. I do. I think it's a change for the better. It's not going to look pretty at first, but I think they're in the process of kind of trying to figure out how they want to tie it to all together. I've just seen glimpses of it each week the last three, four weeks to where I go, ooh, I think they're, they've realized that, like, we might not be able to be the Patriots and the Ravens just getting in the shotgun and just mm-hmm. throwing that attack at them all the time. You saw it when, when Matt Moore was playing Matt Moore, I think, really started That's what it. what started it, yeah. And forced them to get under the center, and they knew, like, hey, we can't ask him to make some of the throws Mahomes right. makes. Now, the other thing is, too, what they do is just is amazing. You know, some of their best plays are broken plays. That's just the, be- the greatness of the Chiefs. It's just, oh, shit, this guy ran a wrong route, and Mahomes is drifting around, and, ah, oh, he just says, I don't care. Oh, Kelsey, you ran the the wrong route on third and ten, but you're in the middle of the field, I'll just throw it up to you sidearm and you'll jump up and get it and doesn't matter. And they get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the touchdown run he has. This is like everybody's covered, but he just kind of buys time and then all of a sudden it clears out and he runs touchdown. Hey, oh, it's it's amazing. They're almost more dangerous when the play's broken than it is when right. it's actually executed. But I think they realize they might not be able to beat the Ravens and the Patriots this way this year. That they're gonna have to have a little more meat potatoes to their offense and make people think when they have play them and I think that's what they're trying to do and I I commend them for that I think it's going to be an advantage when all said and done and we normally don't spin it forward and talk about what we think might happen this coming weekend but yeah because we're we're talking about how teams are defending yeah right with success or without success because they are playing the Patriots this weekend what do you think what do you think Bill will do yeah well Bill did Last year in the AFC Championship game, he pulled out a game plan that nobody's ever run That's in the right. history of football. Yeah. Remember this where yeah. I talked to you about? They played man-to-man. They played two linebackers in the middle. And if the back came out of the backfield, whatever linebacker was outside took the back. And then the other, the other linebacker spied Patrick Mahomes. But they played man-to-man with a single safety deep in the middle of the field, right? So you got four guys covering four guys as far as the tight end and the three receivers. Jason McCourty would play the middle. Uh, Devin McCourty, right? Devin. Devin's the free safety, mm-hmm. 32. Devin's in the middle of the field, and he basically went and doubled Tyreek Hill the whole game to where it became cover zero. And if you remember, Kansas City scored zero points in the first right. half of the AFC Championship game because I think Kansas City was like, what the fuck are they playing? I yeah. can't figure this out. Would he do the exact same thing again? I, I think he will dabble in it a little bit because he dabbled it in the Super Bowl against the Rams. He did it a, a, a handful of plays where he just said, you know, I'm going to call their bluff that they just won't figure this out. It's so crazy that they won't. And we're kind of talented and the hell right. with it. That's where Belichick's amazing is one, is he smart and tactical? Two, he's got balls. Mm. He does. He's not afraid to let go. I've never tried this before. But I'll try it. Do you think that he would not show his best this weekend to save it for January? Like, no. Is he that far ahead of himself? I don't think he's that far ahead of himself. No, I think this is what makes New England great. They're going to do what they need to do this week to win this game. Because I think, too, he realizes, like, man, if they got to go down to Baltimore again in the AFC Championship game, he doesn't want to do that. He wants to make them come to New England and play right. them there. Right. That's an advantage. So they're going to do everything they can to win this game. The one thing I will say is, yeah, you know, Kansas City, of course, can pose some problems for New England, just like we just saw Deshaun Watson and them pose some problems. They have three guys that can run, and if you play too much man-to-man, they're going to take their shots. And eventually, you know, you just – Patrick Mahomes, you, I would expect him to hit on some of them. Right. So where Bill might have to go this game, go, ooh, you know what, we might play zone, and let's just see if they can be patient and mm. throw the five-yard underneath route, which we know has been a problem yeah. for Kansas yeah. City. So we'll see.
You ready for a pop quiz? Yeah, let's do it. I know you did well on these. Yep. Big Phil told me you were a very good student for, uh, <laughs> until you went to Texas. Right. Okay, here we go. Patrick Mahomes has under 200 passing yards in each of the last two games. Yeah. How many times was he held under 200 in his previous 25 career starts? I mean, I almost want to say none, but I'm going to say one. It is one. It is one? And is it, is it Sandy as Los Angeles Chargers from 2018? It was week seven this year. Weeks. Oh, at the Broncos. At the they Broncos killed him. They didn't really year. need to. Whoa. Really need. And he got hurt. So that doesn't even count. He got hurt. That's the Patella the kneecap game. Uh, yeah. That's the Patella game. The, the, yeah. Oh, damn. That's amazing. I'm going gonna, gonna to add to that, yeah. though. In, the, in their 4 0 start, right. he was well over 300 every game. It yes, was he rolling. was. rolling. They made it look easy. Right. He hasn't been over 200 yards in the Chiefs' win since. Yes. You know, part of that, you can have fun with numbers. You can make them look how you want. But right. sometimes it, they, they relay a pretty good message, too. They do. Is it, you know, is it because teams are playing them differently? Is it because Patrick isn't playing as well? I'm just, I'm just throwing stuff out. No, there. no, I, I get that. No, I think, um, I think you know, to what you're saying, what would really kind of jump out to me more than anything is, so you said the first three games. I think Detroit and it's Indianapolis. The first, the first four. Yeah, he threw for 300. But I think Detroit did a pretty good job in that game of kind of going like, hey, this is what they run, and this is what they do, and we, you can take away some of this stuff. And then the Colts built on it, let alone the Colts kind of play a system like the Chargers do, where mm-hmm. they drop seven a lot, and they play a deep zone, and then they dabbled in some man in some certain situations to go, oh, when they get in this formation, we kind of know what they're going to do when we play a man. So they felt good about it, and going back to the routes we just showed, if anybody's watching on YouTube. And, and then, um, yeah, well, and then it was the Houston Texans, who, again, Romeo Cornell, I think, played areas in that game. He saw, like, a little bit of what Matt Patricia, you know, so teams started to copycat and go. Of course. And that's where I think it kind of, they lost their way a little bit. I think the league caught on right around that time to start going, hey, why are we doing this or that? When they get in these formations, they're kind of ending up here. So let's stop, like, compromising ourselves for lack of getting too technical here. And I think that's what went on. And how often are you seeing or noticing and, teams play man against them? It, 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 I feel like it's man in certain formations and certain personnel sets where they start to go, okay, I think this is where we're going to get a lot of verticals. Mm-hmm. And if we can just stay by them, we're basically going to say, okay, take your shot. But – we got a pretty good feel of what you're going to do, and we know where to cheat the safety and do things like that. And would I be lying to say, like, Mahomes misses a play every now and then, one with just the throw, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, he missed Travis Kelsey on the throw against the Raiders up the left side. I mean, it's, it's a 50-yard touchdown pass. He's allowed to, though. He's allowed to, yeah, right. And also, I that. think there's a handful of plays where, like, you know, he just, oh, the guy deep is there, and he took the crosser. He just got off at a hair quick or whatever else. So I, I guess, guess what I'm saying is Mahomes isn't totally playing his best best right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because teams have caught on to them and they've lost their mojo. But, like, they are a team. But I would just say to everybody, watch out. We're all not talking about them. I know, and right? they can be one of those because the defense is quietly playing better. I know it's not going to be like a statistical, oh, my gosh, they're shutting teams out. But they are better. To where I would not be shocked if we saw New England, Kansas City in a defensive battle this weekend. Yeah. I would not be shocked if it was like 20 to 17 
or something along those well, lines. Nothing about New England's offense. Exactly. Gonna so be... well, who's going to tell you? Well, I don't think they can blow anybody out. Right. Right. So Kansas City's going to be able to hang in there with New England's offense, and I think New England's defense, of course, is going to hang in there and give Kansas City a lot of problems. Take the under is what you're saying. I think so. I mean, yeah. I wonder what it is. I don't even know. Them a little, a little lightest. What is the over under that game? Enlighten us. Um, because I'm interested to know that one. That's actually a very interesting one. Right? Yeah. Um, and then, okay, I got some business to pay off here. What, we're, do you got it? We're waiting. 49. 49. 49. Wow. 49. So they're thinking it's going to be like a 24-23 type of game, 27-21, maybe somewhere in there. Why don't you let it ride with right. a giant $5? You want to do it? Yeah, I'll take the over. You'll take the over yeah, and I'll, I'll go the, the under? Okay, yeah. deal. I like it. Let's fist bump. I don't know where your we hands have been. We shook last time. Yeah, I know. I don't know where your All hands right. have been. <laughs> Under the table. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> exactly. Where have they been? All right. I want to tell everybody about a cool thing I am doing, and that's Campbell's Chunky Chats. I've really enjoyed it so far. I had some great interviews with some great people and great NFL players. Uh, and really, it's really cool, and I really respect Campbell's and uh, you know Campbell's Chunky Soup for giving me the platform to make some of these interviews. Throughout the rest of the season, I'll be sitting down with former NFL players as we discuss the many ways that football is family. In the latest interview, I got my old teammate, Rondé Barber, and we talked about a lot of stuff. He's the legendary corner that I played with on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers forever and ever. I think he's a Hall of Fame type player, and of course, we had a talk. It's football. It's family. Well, yeah, of course we got to talk about his damn twin brother where they're crazy and do like the exact same stuff. So I just want everybody to take a quick listen to that. First off, I mean, you're both studs. We know that. Yep. Uh, who was better at those early ages? I'll, uh, I will be very honest and answer this question yeah. and say it was, it was definitely Tiki. Right. He, he came out of the womb bigger. Just had uh, a little more, a little more muscle girth. You know, girth and, right. and strength. And he was faster than me. Yeah. So he was bigger, faster. I'm not going to say smarter, but right. he was way smarter right. than me. Um, and he just had a that innate ability. You know, when you like when you start talking about older athletes, you know, oh, he's got this natural, instinctive, innate stuff about him. Right. I think he had that at early ages, like most kids do. I don't think I necessarily had that. Yeah. Um, as we got older, I think I, I worked at it more. Right. And, be, and, and learned how to specialize my athleticism. If yeah. That, if, if that's a term I can use. Yeah, certainly. And. Uh, uh, because of it, um, I became a better athlete. And so t towards the end of my career, you can ask Tiki. He'll say, yeah, no, Ronnie could do stuff I couldn't do. Hall of Famer? I think he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I do. Yes. I mean, just between, you know, he was a nickelback. He's in the 2040 club. I mean, he's got a lot of, like, really cool stats to go along. Not only was he a centerpiece of a really special defense. I mean, that was a special defense. You know, him, yeah. Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks. I mean, that was one of the better def defenses of that generation. And he was a marquee player playing in a position that now is very famous. He was ahead of his time. That nickel Play who nickel. can blitz, can stop the run, can how cover. Often, how often were they in nickel then? Oh, a lot. I bet you we were like one of the teams that led football in that. We really were. I mean, it, it, was, it was like, you know, Derek Brooks and Shelton Quarles. 
at linebacker and they could really run and it was in front four and then we played Tampa two or cover three press bail. Then that's a little another story within itself. Cover three, the Seattle cover three came from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's where it started. Who would have known? I Tampa know. two. Tampa also two started the it started the cover, cover three. three match. It did. That's where it started because they started to go. We play cover two too much and people started to figure it out and this right. is where it became about. But uh, for anybody again, I want to thank uh, Campbell's Chunky Soup for this. These are Campbell's Chunky Chats. Okay, Chunky Chats. Uh, I'm a big soup guy and I'm a big family guy. And to hear the whole thing, head to NBC Sports uh, YouTube page. And special thanks to them once again. Like, they're crazy, too. You know what's crazy about them? Of course, they're twins. Mm-hmm. But And I was really good friends with Rondé when I was in Tampa. He was my Friday night date night. Uh-huh. That was that. It was me, my wife, him, and his wife every Friday Just night for, for like four years, five years straight. We always did it. And we had a blast. And we were, you know, one of my, one of my favorite teammates ever. But... The stories of him and his brother mm-hmm. and, like, that weird twin stuff. Yeah. Like, they would buy their wives the same Christmas gift. And there would, they would never talk about Unbeknownst. Come on. Like, the wives would call each other and be like, hey, what'd you get? And they'd be like, oh, I got this Tiffany braces. They'd be like, no way. What color? And, oh, it was a gold one with blah, blah. And they were like... Tiki got me the same thing. Like, and you'd be like, what? Like, they literally had, like, that weird wa- wavelength there going on. So, Pete really D cool. just told me a yeah. question you asked, or maybe maybe it's not answering a question, but yeah. just kind of uh, layering the information. Right. 40 picks. 40 picks, 20, 20 sacks. Sorry. Charles Woodson. Yes, Charles Woodson's the Charles only other guy, yeah. right? Exactly. Right, only exactly right. I, I Thank you, Pete. That would have be Johnny on the spot there because I I went to the party for 40-20-something and I just yeah. couldn't figure out what the hell two stats it was. <laughs> you don't uh, remember the party? I, 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 yeah, uh, yeah, I kind of remember. I remember the start of it. I remember <laughs> the start of it. And then, you know, it kind of went haywire from there. That's what a good party is supposed to do. We have a new section. Yeah. You want to do it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, playoff contender word association. Yep. I have the words or names. Yeah. All right. I'm going to bounce them off you. Yeah. You just tell me what you think. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Maximization is the word I would use. Okay. Um, first off, Ryan Tannehill is not putting up like giant stats, but they're pretty good. They're good. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's what 15 total touchdowns, four interceptions. In his three starts, I think right. he's 12 TDs, three picks. 12 TDs, three over picks. Over 70%. Yeah. There you go. And you know, the yardage are not going to like blow you away, is what I was trying to say, but. What I am, and I think you've heard me say this, I'm a big fan of are you taking full advantage of what is there to be had? And I have not come away from a Ryan Tannehill game yet and gone, oh, he left 150 yards on the field. Mm -hmm. I, I go actually, I'm like, whoa. I mean, it's pinpoint. And he maximized everything that was there to be had. There's no plays or wide open passes where I go, oh, man, if they hit that, this game's different or blah, blah, blah. No, he's taking advantage of every opportunity. He's phenomenal deep ball thrower. He's tough. He's taking care of the football. And then the same with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's the same way. You just give the guy a little crack or a seam, like, good night. If you mm-hmm. let him get rolling downhill, you know, have fun. I don't care who you are as a linebacker. I mean, he's a – freaking night train right yes yeah. and then he, then he's got the ability too to just slightly slide and move to where oh i thought i was going to hit him square but now i only have an arm around his waist and he runs through that like it's not even there yeah. and that's that they maximize what's there to be had both of them it, it's it's kind of a formula and i don't think they're as good yeah but it's kind of a formula like seattle where you don't need your quarterback to throw for 350 no if it's working the way they want right if russell wilson or Tannehill goes 
20 or 30 for 225, that is awesome. That's how Perfect. they want to play. Exactly right? right. Exactly right. And Derrick Henry has been like averaging like 160 in this three-game win streak. It's amazing. So they, they, again, they're not as good, but they've got a formula now. They've they got do. An identity that works out pretty well. It does. I think that's exactly right. They make you defend the whole field in their own maybe not sexy way. Right. Again, they make you defend the whole field, which is always the start of a good team. Plus, they're playing great on special teams. I mean, mm-hmm. they've won two of these three games by blocking freaking field goals. Right. Beating the yeah. Chiefs, beating the, you know, the Colts this week. It's just uh, it's amazing. They never die. And that's a credit to Mike Vrabel and, and a lot of the players down there. Pete D. just gave me another great piece yeah. of information. Yeah. You want it? Yeah. All right. right. It's not trivia. Right. It's a confirmation of a word. Maximization yeah. is a word. It is a word. Yeah, yeah. Good. I, I thought it was, but, you know, you can never count on me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make up my own words. It's a nice way to end that one. Yes. All right. Moving on. Playoff Contender Word Association. Josh Allen. I want to think of the right word here. Um, I... I, I, I just I really want to say like, can somebody fucking take notice of what we're seeing here? That's like eight words. I know it is. So what do I want to <laughs> say? What am I trying to say? What I want to say is, if Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold were the quarterback of this team and they were nine and three, everybody, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Yeah. They're playing so great. These guys, they're getting their investment. They were top three picks. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This is amazing. But with Josh Allen. Oh, it's 300-yard rushing games in a row. Oh, no big deal. Oh, oh, they're nine and three, and he's playing awesome football. Oh, it's no big deal. Under the radarization. Under the radarization. He said that word too. Is it really? (laughs) Okay, I was going to (laughs) say that that was new to me. Um, But he got on the big stage of Thanksgiving football, and I hope people took some notice to see the guy's got some special ability. Did you see or take notice of? And I know you did. Yeah. It was one of my favorite highlights when he was kind of rolling out to his right a little bit. And kind of threw it back on the in route a little. It was the one that ended up scoring the touchdown. It, the yeah, yeah. touchdown. Yeah, the Cole yeah. Beasley one. That's the kind where, you, I mean, you've been eating all day, but you, you still sit up and be like, whoa. 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 Yeah. Right. He did that. He had the other one where they were backed up in their own end zone. He ran to the right. And Joe Buck was even like, and Allen throws a laser. <laughs> because it's like, holy crap, you right? can't even see it on the screen. Yeah. Let alone his fourth and one quarterback snap, quarterback sneak that was a snap. A bad snap, they fumble it, he picks it up, and then just mm-hmm. goes, raw, raw, raw. it doesn't matter, I'll get the first down anyways. And I mean, he's running over D linemen. That's the Tropic Thunder. That's Tropic, yeah, yeah, right. But he, he's had those kind of plays. He's had the wow plays, even back when he was driving a little bit crazy. Yeah, yeah. Where he, he was has. mixing in the great talent, but right. the what are you doing? Right. He's kind of eliminated that. The, the, the what are you doing kind of thing. He has. Seven picks right. in the first five games, okay? Right. You kind of expect that yeah. for a guy who plays that way. Sure. One in the last seven. There you go. And I bring that up because it goes well on top of what you said about, hey, if some of these other guys with a lot of talent and play a little reckless sometime were producing the way he's producing, yeah. it would get talked about it, I just don't get it. Th- that level of efficiency yes. deserves pointing out. It deserves pointing out. He's the quarterback of a 9-3 and three football team. It's the second best record in the AFC. And he's doing it with like, Isn't again. Crazy? Well, again, I want to say like, I mean, are his receivers better than Muhammad Sanu and Julian Edelman? No. Are they? No. But he's making plays he, and it, doing it happen. And, like, you know, it's not like he's doing it with big talent, too. No. And that's where I want to go, like, come on, people. Give them the guys some credit. Can he get on the national stage or the radar a little Is bit? Is he the best part of that team? No, their defense, and I still would go with Sean McDermott. He's the best part of that team. And then defense second. Yeah, like his coaching and what they do on the defensive side of the ball is special. And then, of course, the way he manages the game overall and the game plan of 
all right, we're going to run the ball, and I'm not going to let Josh Allen throw the ball 45 times because it might become a disaster, and he'll take too many chances to what you talked about. So Sean McDermott, to me, is one of the best coaches in all of football. He's a special, special coach that way. He really sees the broad scope of the whole game. And he's realized just like, okay, we just got to rein him in a little bit. I know he's got special talent. We can just rein him in a little bit, not ask too much of him. He can win games. He's, he's a defensive guy. He's a defensive games. But I, he is he is a overall attack. Like, this is how we're going to attack and play this game kind of coach. Yeah. And he's phenomenal in defense. Why? Because he does game plan specific stuff, as we always talk about. He's special that way. But he understands the full scope too to go like I can't let this guy keep running around and like screwing my team and my defense and do that if we just rein him in he'll make a few plays every game that are special and it's almost like again we're going back to this Russell Wilson again a little bit we'll play defense we'll run the ball the guy's kind of special he'll make a few plays it's like how Seattle won early in their career early Russell Wilson now Russell if they have to drop back and throw it 50 times he's going to be fine and might not throw any interceptions yeah at this point in Buffalo it's a head coach to prevent him from being too much of himself. Yes, if right. If he's throwing it 40 times. Then you're, 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 gonna, you're asking for a exactly. disaster. Yeah. Right. You're asking for it. Duck Hodges. Um, um, I mean, just, man, they needed him. Uh, goose, Duck, Duck, Goose. They needed him, okay? That's what they needed. He gives them just a little bit more at the quarterback position. He gives them just enough. Just enough. Exactly it, right. It, it hasn't been that much. No. It just hasn't, like, previously no. – it was it was terrible. For it a was while. terrible, and, and they couldn't attack fine. down the. Yeah, he's been fine. Right, exactly right. The the best thing he does, I think, Paul, that jumps out to me is, he's a really good deep ball thrower. Mm-hmm. Uh, even a few of the deep balls he threw in the game that ended up being incomplete because DBs got their hand on him, whatever. Like they were perfectly thrown. They were like right in the breadbasket. That to me is where he gives them more of an advantage than Mason Rudolph. I mean, anybody can hit the four-yard shallow cross and throw a screen, and they're managing him that way too, and they took it really slow early on. Best thing he's doing. But the best thing he's doing is when he gets one-on-one on on the outside and it's a go route or a fade route or a deep cross or a post, man, he puts it on the screws almost every time. Right. And that is enough for a team that wants to win with defense, run the ball, control the ball that way, and then, hey, if we can just hit it on that occasional shot, we can be a motherfucker, right. and that's what they are right now. Pittsburgh. It's only a two-game sample size when yeah. you talk about him starting. Right. Uh, and I'm watching him and trying to think of the right way to like delicately but accurately describe who he is. It's yeah. like he's cautious, but he's not afraid. I think that's a great way he, to say he it. He knows his role. He does. He doesn't need to throw for 300, but when it's time for him to cut it loose, he'll do it. He doesn't care. He'll do it, and he'll do it with accuracy. And deep ball throwing can be safe throwing, too. If it's, as long as you're not throwing it into double coverage or trying to make a, you know, a deep crossing route into like a really tight zone window, mm-hmm. like that can be dangerous. But when it's just a one-on-one deep ball throw, yeah. you know, the chances of the ball being caught by the offense are certainly greater than being caught by the defense. Uh, and also the chances of the ball being incomplete are still greater than the defense catching the ball. It's yeah. actually a, somewhat of a safe play that's what I always say like you know with young quarterbacks and inexperienced quarterbacks sometimes I say stop playing the man-to-man make them read a defense and go somewhere else you're actually giving them the get out of free jail card to go oh it's one-on-one let me just throw it up to that guy. someone might end up running free right right or my guy will just jump up and catch it you know and that's uh, but he does that and that's where they were missing so I I asked you Josh Allen the importance on the team or best parts of the team you said third right McDermott the defense and then the quarterback yeah Doug Hodges right now oh we're 
does he rank on that team? Uh, I mean, ballpark figure. Yeah, I mean, defense is one. I mean, their defense is a Super Bowl type. Mike defense. Tomlin's got to be there. Mike Tomlin's probably one. Defense is two. O line would be three. Yeah. Yeah, and then really. You know, their stable of running backs might be four just because they they love to run the wildcat and all that. Let's put him in a tie for so fourth. So he's in a tie for a fourth. There exactly right. Yeah. You know, but they're doing things the right way. Again, Mike Tomlin's should be in the coach of the year discussion. Of course he should be. I mean, come on. Oh, I mean, winning like this with right. the third-string quarterback? Exactly. Come on. Right. Insane. And they're managing the game the right way. Taysom Hill. Weapon X. Weapon T. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, I mean, he's just like a freak of nature. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you watch the Thanksgiving right. game. I mean, oh, it's a catch. It's a run. It's a throw. Oh, he blocked the fucking punt. Like, it's just like, what else can he do? I can't decide internally. It, 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 they should leave it the way it is. Hey, right. he touches it three times a game, and it's great. It's exciting. Right. Or should they give it to him eight or ten times a game? I think you're going to you see. Think? I think you're going to see more like the eight and ten times a game here down the stretch when they need to win these I went, games. I went and added it up, and it's even less than I thought. Yeah, it, it's right at about three a game. Yeah, I, I, I guess I, I'm not shocked. Yeah, because he went through a stretch there where he didn't really get any touches when he had to become the real backup behind Teddy. Yeah. And yeah, they've had him on the field a good amount here the last few weeks, but you're right, he hasn't touched the ball a whole lot. Uh, I think he's going to bring. Two things to the offense, for sure. A Lamar Jackson-ish type running attack when they want to change it up a little bit and then, you know, they give them an extra number in the run game, right? And you have to somewhat play it honest because he can throw it good enough to burn you. But if he's only – if you're a defensive coordinator, and I make right. you a number of different things yeah. here. Now you're a defensive coordinator. Yeah. But yeah. how worried are you about him during the week if he's only doing it a couple times a game? Yeah, well, I think what you're worried just because of the big play factor of it. Like, yeah, it's a couple times a game, but, man, one of them was around the left edge for a touchdown. I was, yeah, you know what I mean? Thanksgiving was the right mix. Right. Cool. So, yeah, yeah. I think it just, it's just annoyance for a defensive coordinator. It's going, ah, oh, I got to worry about Sean Payton and Drew Brees and, you know, everything they do and their run game and then this whole Taysom Hill package along with it. Mm-hmm. Holy cow, cow. And now I got to worry about, like, I got to only play these type of defenses because they can do some creative things in the run game that can really screw me over. And, damn it, he can throw the ball 70 yards down the right. field. So that's where it's unbelievable. And then he gets on special teams and he makes tackles and does all those type of things. Like, I just think we'll see him more and more here down the stretch as it becomes more and more desperate. And we got to be the one seed or the first round bye. He's which, be. which hill is a better gadget slash slot receiver runner guy? Tyreek or, Tyreek or Taysom? Well, Tyreek is like the most dangerous weapon in football still to me. He's right there in that discussion. Uh, Taysom Hill is awesome, a weapon. But like Tyreek Hill is like, yeah, he's, he's keeping defensive coordinators truly up at night where right. they're like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got to worry about him and Mahomes. The you know the the field can't even hold these guys. Like yeah. it's it's crazy. But Taysom Hill is a pain in the ass. Kirk Cousins, still really good. Don't go all Florio and just so, be negative on this guy. I'm not. Well. I still really Lock good. Lock that out of your like, mind. I, yeah, like I'm not going to be. Don't be a prisoner of the of the. What do I want to say? Or the what's that? Say that again. Prisoner of the moment or just like, don't just ride with the narrative. That's what I want yeah. to say. Yeah. You know, Kirk Cousins isn't the reason they lost that game the other night. No. He played well. He did a lot of really good things and did it in the second half without Dalvin Cook. No Adam Thielen on the field. And 
their offense wasn't the problem in that game. I mean, how many fucking points do you want them to score? Right. You know, their def- I checked the rule book. The defense is allowed to hold a team under 30 <laughs> points. I mean, they're, they're allowed to. You have a problem so, with, with, with the last play? I do have a problem down? with the last play. I do. I just think it was. Incompletion to Herb Smith. Yeah. It was a play that plays into the scheme of what Seattle normally runs. The, Seattle wants to run the cover three press bail, right? So if there's three guys deep, then there's a four-man umbrella underneath. Yeah. So to run a go route on the outside by two receivers, yeah. and then the two inside receivers run five-yard outs, there's guys basi- there for that. Right, and you're basically giving up those two guys because, I mean, how many quarterbacks on fourth and three at that point of the game are going to throw a go route? Right. They're, not, not very often. Exactly so right. So then you're limited to your two inside guys. Yes. And you're, you're, it's a 25- to 30-yard throw to right. get four yards. Right. And Florio, like, we had a discussion, too. He's like, I think he should have thrown to Madison out of the backfield. And as we talked about on the show the other day, I was like, I don't know. I was like, let's look at it. And we kind of watched it and replay the play. And he was, he was like, yeah, you're kind of right. Like, if he looked there, Bobby Wagner was there. And even on film, it's even more apparent. Bobby would have been Wagner, a yard and a half short at he, least. I mean, I don't even know if they would have completed it. It would have been like, bam, he gets hit and the ball flies in the and air. And it's not like you, one of these throws where you throw it lesser than the line to gain, but he, you can hit him in stride and he can run. Right. He had stopped and was going to set He's up gonna his back. He's going to have to turn around defense. and do – yeah, exactly right. That right. one had no chance. No, no, no chance. It was just – and they called that same play on first down and on fourth down. Uh, and I just – I don't like that. That's, that's Minnesota's biggest problem, though. If you can get them behind, they are not the type of team, a little bit like we talked about with the Rams, they're not going to beat you with just a normal drop-back pass game. They're not as explosive enough. They're not creative enough in the drop-back pass game to win games that way. They need to have the game close so they can still rely on the run and the boots and the play actions. That's when they're at their best. All right. As promised, we're going to get to Josh Norris. Let's bring his ass in here. Before he comes out, let's take a listen to uh, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, David Tepper, about uh, the decision to let Ron Rivera go. If people believe or fans believe that I'm going to hire – the Messiah in here, and it's going to make you know bring you to the promised land in one year. I got a few guys they should meet. You can meet the Tooth Fairy. They can meet Santa Claus. I got a bridge in Brooklyn. It's not going to. I hope it happens that way. I hope we can find that person to make those changes in one year. This is a building process. We are at the beginning of a building process. Am I too low? With the and there he is. There he goes. Is he too low? Is Are he you too low? too low? Too low. I mean, I'm not 6'5". It's I too late now. 60 yards. Yeah. I'll lean back. Yeah, okay, I'll lean back there, too. I feel well, like I, actually, back I tried to lower this. Mine doesn't lower anymore. I will say, I wore this bomber jacket once. Yeah. yeah. I was told by multiple people in this building, it looks That's very good. Chris Sims of you. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree. It looks I, cool. Yeah, I like the look. I like it. Just let me borrow it. No problem. I appreciate it. Yeah. I actually almost wore the bomber jacket. It should today, have a which hood. Is actually it's scary. Really, that's true. If Chris it's yeah. yeah, you're right. I used to do that I feel too. Like everything now in, in 2019 can have a hood on it. Like it doesn't matter if you're wearing a blazer, yeah. Yeah. like a suit. At some point, right? the suit is going to have it. Bill Belichick made them cool. You could go hood on a blazer. And everybody's young. following. Like, how young? 31. 31. 31? Damn, you're 31. 31. What an asshole. Okay. That automatically makes him a bad guy. What an asshole you are. How dare you be? Before we talk fantasy and and what's coming up here, fantasy football, that is, you're from Charlotte. Mm -hmm. The the whole Ron Rivera firing is interesting to me because sometimes it's obvious a coach needs to go. This one wasn't obvious. There was more winning than losing when he was there, but yet it was was back and forth between the winning and losing and maybe a little stale. As someone who grew up there and loves the team, you down with the move? Well, one, I don't know if I love the team anymore. Uh, I will say this. If the Panthers didn't come to Charlotte in 1995, I probably wouldn't have this job because that's really what got me into it. We had season tickets right. since 1995, going to the first year at Clemson. 
ever since then just going to games. That's kind of how I fell in love with right. football. Just having it. Were you there in the 2005 street. when I came into town and whooped that ass? I did. I also okay. watched on television when Al Wallace hit you and you. you what know. an asshole! Jeez, Anyways. get him out of here. Um, no, you know what? What this is? It, this just happens, and I'm sure you both can say this. Like eight or nine years with one team, yeah. it just happens. Yeah. Yes. And especially when someone is of the mindset of Ron Rivera, a defensive-minded head coach, and the defense just falls off a cliff. Right. Um, and I don't think it's for personnel reasons because. I understand K1 Short has missed much of the season. Don Terry Poe the last few weeks. Yeah. You still have Luke Keekley. Right. You still have Shaq Thompson. Right. First round pick in Vernon Butler. Right. Eric Reed got a contract extension. James Bradbury, Dante Jackson. There's still players on that defense. Mm-hmm. And to me, the, the personnel on the defense side as individuals was much greater than the sum the of the results. Parts. Yeah, I and agree. That's a major issue. Right. And when you're a defensive head coach. Right. Right. And I the agree. other part of this yeah. is that since 1995, the team has never had an offensive minded head coach. No, they haven't. And this is also what happens when billionaires spend billions of dollars. Yeah. Didn't they have George or George Seifert was also defensive? Yeah, defensive. You're correct. Yeah. I just right. automatically you came the 49ers, 49ers, 49ers. You're yeah. like, you did all those great yeah, things. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I would be surprised if the next head coach is not younger, is not offensive-minded, right. but this is a major trickle-down in a lot of ways, and I, I think it's very smart of what David Tepper did, because he didn't come in immediately and just clean house. Yeah. Like, he did that on the business side, but on the football side, he kind of let it play out. He let it play and I wouldn't say these it. last two years have been bad, right. necessarily. Oh, right. They've been okay. But if Ron Rivera was going to be a good head coach, he would have allowed him to be a good head coach. I am surprised that he and Marty Herney aren't kind of tied in this relationship. Yeah. So yeah, it sounds right. like Marty Herney is still going to yeah. have his job after this season. Yeah, well, I, you know, I do like Marty Herney. I'll yeah. say that. I do think he's got a good eye for talent. You mentioned, I know he didn't draft all those guys, but he also did set the team up early on in Ron Rivera's career when right. they were pretty good too. I think it ran its course. I want to ask you one more question. It ran its course, like you said, it's nine years. I think the other thing that, like, would you, this is one thing that jumped out to me. He only had, out of the nine years, he only had three years of above 500 football. I know. Isn't that kind of shocking? I know. Because they were more relevant than that. They were a lot yes. around seven and nine, they had seven, the 15 eight and one. Win season. Right. But, uh, all three of those seasons you're talking about yeah. were double digit win yes, seasons. Yes, they were. 12 and four, 15 and one. Yeah. What was the other one? 10 and six, maybe? And then you had the six and 10, seven and nines right. mixed in there. Right. I went back to the John Fox. Yeah. Exact. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Nine years. Yeah. Defensive head coach. Right. Three winning seasons, right. all in the double digit era. And then the seven and nine and six and ten seasons too. So it's 18 years of basically the same pattern. And Ron would get very defensive about this. He got very defensive about this in his press conference earlier today because you can say he's never had a back-to-back winning season, but they did win three straight NFC South championships. Yeah. One of those was, was a seven, eight, eight, one. Seven, eight one. Right. And right. so he's, he says they are the first ones to do that in the NFC South. He's yeah. getting very defensive right. about it. I, I do think Ron Rivera, though, gets an immediate job. Yeah, I think somewhere in the next year or two. I don't know if it happens this year, but yes. Because at the very least, what you ask of your head coach is to instill an identity of a team. Yeah. And I think he can do that no matter where he goes. I do too, Because, I mean, he's hard-nosed. He's kind of a general out there. And I think they take on his his identity. His personality, yeah. They usually play very sound on both sides of the ball. Do you want them to keep Cam Newton? Last one, and then I want to ask you fantasy This is huge. Absolutely. You do. Um, The biggest thing here is... A lot of people are pointing at the current Cam Newton contract. It's like 19 or $20 million, nothing guaranteed after that for 2020. Right. And right now that's without all these big deals that are going to happen this offseason, that's around like quarterback 14, which mm-hmm. is a bargain. Bargain. Yeah. But there is no way either for the Panthers or for another team Cam Newton plays on that contract. Now, a lot of people are going to say, well, he has no leverage. He's injured. He's about to have foot surgery. 
okay, he's going to be paid by someone. Yeah, right? Someone's going to give him two years guaranteed. going to give him more. That's three for years sure. right. guaranteed. Right. So there's no way he plays on this one-year deal. And if he doesn't play on this one-year deal, I doubt the Panthers take him or keep him. But I, to me, it's so difficult to find someone that good. Yeah. And it's not that long ago. I mean, last year, the first eight games were fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. That – it would be a mistake to move on, but if they are doing a hard reset all the way around, I guess it makes it's, sense. I think yeah. that would be short-sighted. It would be so uh, – it's so unlikely to go out and find something better. Than, well, that's, it's hard. Can exactly I ask right. you a question? Yes. Because Norv is stepping down yeah. as offensive coordinator. Yeah. He's giving Scott Turner, his son, right. play-calling duties. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, fantasy-wise, are nervous how this affects someone like DJ Moore, right. how this affects Christian McCaffrey. Is it something we just can't know? Because we've never seen him call plays. We've never seen what his resume might be. Well, it's probably going to be very similar to his dad, too. I, I, I feel like Norv only took this job for that reason. Right. And he was right. very good. Right. Norv was very good. He reinvented himself in Carolina and did a lot of different crap and invented an offense that fit well around Cam Newton, to, to your point of him playing really great in eight games last year until he hurt his shoulder. And that changed things. So... Yeah, I would imagine that he is going to steal a lot of the tricks of the trade as far as what his dad did. I think this was all it was about. I mean, Norv was done. And then yeah. they basically said, hey, you can bring their whole family. Bring them all. And he's got his son, his fucking brother. I mean, he's got his <laughs> grandfather on staff. They're all No, they there. really were. There were four, four or five. Them, right? Really? Yes. He, they all came. And I think it was all about getting Scott to – get him to okay, audition. audition, basically, and continue to learn how to be an offensive coordinator so he could, you know, continue his life in the, in the profession. All right, let's get after it. You ready? You good? Yeah, yeah, let's do fantasy stuff. Yeah, let's do it. Did you guys notice the fantasy playoffs this weekend? I, didn't, the start of that. I did not, but I knew it was coming That's what up. what I'm here for. I did. Yeah. yeah. I only knew it after, after I knew Josh was coming on. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, just a coincidence that he from Charlotte and, and Ron Rivera got fired. <laughs> so, basically, the, the theme here is good offensive stars against – Good defenses here Yep. as the playoffs start. Okay, Chiefs offense at New England. Mm. Fantasy advice, football talk, what do you have? Well, it's a big deal. Um, the last two weeks, Patrick Mahomes has thrown for less than 200 passing yards. Yeah. Um, we documented this. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And I'm sure I'll reiterate some of the things that yeah, we talked about. I want to hear this. But, I mean, last week, it's not really fair because they just dominated the Oakland Raiders. Yes. But still, we care about numbers. Right. We, we care about production. I think... Against New England, we know how historic this defense has been, but so much of that was in like the first eight weeks of the mm-hmm. season, scoring defensive touchdowns, kind of the shitty schedule that they played. Right. Yes. Um, so now when you face someone like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, you're still playing those stars no matter what. And you're still playing Patrick Mahomes. But, Chris, I want to ask you this. Are you at all nervous about the lack of big plays, yes. drive in and drive out, that the Chiefs have been enabled? Yeah unable to create because they were certainly doing that last year. Right. And is the running game a part of that at all this year? Because there's a difference between Kareem Hunt being on the team yeah. and then six weeks of Damian Williams versus everyone being injured at all times. Yeah, season. well, I, 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 first of all, we did. We talked about this a little bit. I think that the league had caught on to what they do, getting in the shotgun, some of the route combinations they've had. I just told Paul, and I even wrote a little diagram, if you want to throw that up there again, Pete, just of like – It doesn't matter what they do before the snap and all this. Like, their players kind of end up in these spots almost always. I see little combinations of these four patterns over and over, right? Yeah, (laughs) right. That's what I do. Uh, Three in the morning. But I do think, and I think they're, and and I just think of what I've seen the last few weeks, they're a little bit of a transition of trying to change themselves and realizing, like, wow, what we did last year. 
We're not going to be able to beat the Ravens and Patriots just getting in the shotgun and throwing bombs with Patrick Mahomes. People have taken away the deep throws, like you've said. I think they are trying to get into the running game a little bit. Right. Of course, Kareem Hunt not being there. He was awesome in the pass game, too. He was the underneath threat that you had to worry about. So him not being there did hurt them, surely. But I think they're tinkering with a new formula, is my assessment. And I'm a little intrigued by Darwin Thompson. Who knows what his workload yeah. is going to be at all? But he's got a little talent. But if he is someone, because he's yeah. in the preseason, right. and if he's someone that, because of all these injuries to Damian and Darrell Williams, right. if he can get 10, 15 touches attached to this awesome offense, that's someone you definitely want to at least pick up right now for your fantasy playoffs. Yeah. Not necessarily start him, but just have him on your bench. You're, or you're so like, if you had like Mahomes or let's just. Yeah, and, Mahomes, Tyreek, and Kelsey, you're still starting You're still those starting guys. them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's all I was wondering. All right. That's, that's, well, uh, we that's, can keep it simple like that from now on. If yeah. You know. That works. No, but yeah. I, I, was, I was wondering, uh, you know, because do, do you start him? But you, you do, do in these games. You start him. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you got that in because we're moving on. Right. Fantasy headlines Cowboys offense at Chicago. Yeah. And this is off. That loss to Buffalo, which kind of makes me rethink my entire opinion mm-hmm. on the Dallas Cowboys in some ways, and it's also off that loss to the New England Patriots where they just put up seven points. Right. It's interesting because we talk about volume all the time. Volume not, isn't necessarily what I look for in quarterbacks. I look for efficiency. Right. But Dak's getting a ton of volume. Over his last, I believe, four games, he's averaging 44 attempts. Mm. Um, it's too much. It's right? it, and I was going to ask be you, thirty-four, especially with Zeke. Behind. Exactly right. Yeah. They have gone to where I was asking them to throw the ball and do more play action coming into the season. To now, where I want to go, fuck it, you're overdoing it. Right. First down, you're running for eight yards, and then the next three plays, we're throwing it. I don't understand it anymore. And I know you've been critical, and I have too, of Ezekiel Elliott this year in terms yeah. of his ability to break. 20, 30, 40-yard runs because right. they're kind of non-existent this year. Right. I thought his first half against the Buffalo Bills might be the best we've seen. I think so, too. This season. Well, and then to, oh, to our point is, why didn't they continue to pound right. that rock a little bit? But, yes. Um, and I, I know a lot of people look at the Chicago Bears, who they yeah. have here in Week 14, the first round of the fantasy playoffs. And I think people still have this mindset of the Bears last season. Yeah. Just kind of the Patriots this year. Well, to me, this is why you don't build a team around – historic defenses year to year because it's not sticky. Mm. It, it, it can't be translated year it's over hard, year. right, to create the turnovers and exactly, do all that stuff. Exactly, because yes. turnover is a lot of luck. It is, it is. And so with the Bears this year, they I'm not going to say they're a mediocre defense, but I'm not going to say they're a great defense. Yeah. I would say they're somewhere in between. Right. And so much of it is, you know, a half second from Cleo Matt getting home. You know, Eddie Jackson not coming down with 10 interceptions or whatever it is this season. Sure. And we also saw them go against David Blau, on Thanksgiving, yeah, and him hitting vertical and shots against torched them. early on, right, right. And so you have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and even Randall Cobb's coming along. Right. I'm not going to say I'm, I'm starting him with confidence. Sounds like you are, but I, I can absolutely see a path here for Dak Prescott to be a top eight quarterback, and for Amari Cooper to be a top twelve wide receiver, yeah, for Michael Gallup to be a top twenty running back. Right. We talk. I mean, we didn't talk about this, but I have with the Rams and how they had like this get right game. Right. Mm-hmm. And they needed that yes. at that moment. Right. The Cowboys need a get right game right now in they order do. before the, the, they get to the NFL playoffs. What do you yeah. think what do you think this game means for Zeke? I still think he's going to get him? I do. Do we um, get Akeem Hicks back this week for the Bears? He's possible. Yeah. And that's a major difference. That's a difference. game changer, right. But and and when the Bears have really struggled and this just makes sense, but they when they go against great offensive lines. Yeah. And while I'm not sure Tyron Smith is playing at 100% or that whole offensive line is playing right. at 100%, Still really good. And especially what we saw with Zeke against Buffalo, it would be surprising if we don't see him get 15, 18, 20 touches in this game. Yeah, I, they got to ride him a little more. I'm with you there all the if way. he's not getting 20 combined, right. something's, something's well, wrong. What worries me about and why I, too, why I would back you up just a little more with the football stuff as far as, like, I think I'd take Dallas's offense and some of those players too is, like, I still think the defense for Chicago, like you're saying, is very good. 
It's not as dominant as it was last year. And the other factor is that their offense is just that shitty yeah. this year. So it's hard when you're on the field every fourth play. It's, oh, it's three and out. Hey, we're back on. Oh, it's three and out. Oh, we're back on. Oh, it's three and out. Oh, we're back on. It just it never ends with Chicago. And, and I would think Dallas is going to shut the shit out of Chicago, too, or not too, on, on that side of the ball. We saved the best one for last year. Oh, baby. Because right, it involves the Niners defense. Yeah. Yep. Saints offense. Yeah. What should be kept in mind from a fantasy point of view about this matchup? Ooh, this is a I'm good one. I'm wondering if I should start with, like, okay. Start with whatever you want. This the, is your segment. The major concern is this. Yes. That this is not the game where you want to miss Andrus Pete at guard uh-huh. and most likely throw on arms. Yeah, left, left tackle. tackle, yes. Because what the 49ers throw at you in their rotation and their talent along that front four, front five, whatever you want to call it, is unreal. Yeah. And – they have allowed some points to Kyler Murray at times, Lamar Jackson at times, yeah. some other mobile quarterbacks and Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Right. Okay, Drew Brees isn't mobile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. I am getting more and more confident, unlike with the Cowboys, and this makes sense because of their record, more and more confident in where the Saints are as a team in yeah. general. Right. Because one, I, I've seen Drew Brees throw downfield a little bit more often. Yeah. He did that against the Panthers. Right. And that was something for the last couple of years we hadn't seen as much. But I also think they have two players that have been major difference makers for them, one on each side of the ball. Offensively, it's Jared Cook mm-hmm. and what he's bringing intermediate and in the middle of the field. Yeah, he's come on lately. One extra weapon right. on top of Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. Yep. And then defensively, Marcus Davenport. And this yeah. is why they traded up for him uh-huh. um, in the draft. And just having, again, that one extra playmaker on both sides of the ball is really making me confident about the Saints team. Is Lattimore, is he healthy this week, too? That's another one. I think that's one. a possibility as yeah, well, because he, he, he was an iffy 50-50 last week. They need him. I mean, uh, to me, he takes their defense from being good to, like, you know, one of the upper echelon defenses in football. Yeah. So that's an interesting one this week. So you're, you would ride with Michael Thomas and all of And Kamara, and I would still go with Jared Cook. The, yeah. And we talked about this prior to the season, tight end is still a complete wasteland. Like, it, there's only really eight tight ends that actually matter yeah. in fantasy football. And if you're in the bottom four, you probably haven't made your fantasy playoffs. So if you have Jared Cook, and some people dropped him, mm-hmm. um, if you've picked him up for the last three or four weeks, yeah. I really think he's a major difference maker he is. in fantasy and in obviously yeah. real life football as we approach the if playoffs. If I set yeah. the over-under for Saints points, 28. Mm. Over-under, what, what do you got? I, I would have Both to go under guys. on that. I'm going under, under too. I'm going under. I, I'm intrigued to see how this game plays out. I really am. I mean, this is going to be some hell of a game. Because these are, again, what I love about this is it's th- – this is where I – I mean, I, I think the 49ers are the better team. I do. The Saints are scary and are very good. I'm just talking like – when I'm talking better, we're talking about the elite right, right now and I'm being nitpicky. The one thing I worry about – the Saints haven't played anybody in like six weeks. That's hmm. the one thing I would say. You know, uh, now the 49ers are coming off a really physical game on Sunday, right? They've stayed out in the East Coast all week and all of those mm. things, too. Uh, but also, you know, to the things you've said, like that defensive line, it's special, all that. Offensive line, even though they don't have an Andrews Pete, and we'll see where Teron Amstrad is and all that, they're still a good offensive line. It's two teams that pride themselves on being the bully. That's what I love about this game. Like, I hated last week that it got ruined by the rain a little bit, the Ravens yeah. 49ers game. We don't have to worry about that this <laughs> week. We're going to see these two fucking teams at right. their best killing each other inside the Dome, and that's what I'm pumped for. But haven't they gone Seattle, Green Bay, Baltimore? Is that, does that sound right? Uh, well, they went Green – they went uh, – they, they, I think they had Arizona in between okay. Seattle. They went okay. Seattle – they went Arizona, 
Seattle, Arizona, Green Bay, Baltimore. Okay. Right. So it's, it's been a tough stretch, though, no, no doubt about it. And that's it. a lot of mobile quarterbacks, yeah. again. And yeah. now they certainly are. Not that, you know, Drew Brees is some statue in the pocket. I mean, we still know how great he, he is. He can move around a little bit. In tight space, but it's nothing like and I think Lamar, you're, Kyler Murray, you're see some Russell Taysom Wilson. Hill, Lamar Jackson stuff, too. I, I know think. you guys were talking about Taysom yeah. Hill before this. It, it has been common to, on, on NFL Twitter, mm-hmm. to, you know, discourage any use of Taysom Hill. Why not just embrace it? It's fun, yeah. right? And if Drew Brees gets excited about it, if Sean Payton gets excited about it, right. it's just fascinating to me that we're seeing more of it now than we did when Teddy Bridgewater yeah. was involved. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, um, yeah. He's not the backup anymore. Exactly. So they can use, use the shit out of him now. They go, oh, exactly. we got Teddy as the backup. We can beat Fuck you up this a guy. Bit. Let's run him up. <laughs> Let's kill him. <laughs> Pete, Pete, hit me one more time. Yeah. Why does NFL Twitter hate Taysom Hill? Well, they just hated, and Chris might agree with this, they hated that with inside the 10-yard line, why do you want to take the ball out of Drew Brees' hands? Oh, of course, right. And why do you want to put it in a limited player's hands? Because yeah. you have a Hall of Famer who might, is most likely going to make the right decision no matter what you put in front of him mm-hmm. versus Taysom Hill, who's a limited player. And it happened quite a bit. Yeah. Happened quite a bit. Yeah, well, I think I'm going to go with the guy that's going to be in the Hall of Fame as the coach, and he's yeah. got the right fucking reasons to do it. So Same. let's just trust him, Twitter, okay? <laughs> I know we all think we know everything on Twitter. Pressed his button. Um, but We got him. You know, it's yeah. just, who, yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. How dare you, think, you? Who do you think goes further this season? Because this might be an NFC Championship show. No showdown. doubt. Uh, yeah. Um, Whose team are you more confident in right now? I'm more confident in the 49ers. Now, again, this is this is minute. This is like, you know, I, the New Orleans Saints, the 49ers, and the Seahawks are all so close. I still really believe in the San Francisco 49ers. And I know I try not to be biased. I do my best. Uh, because I know Kyle Shanahan's my friend and all that stuff, too. But Haven't heard that. Uh, I just look at them and <laughs> – yeah, I think they're one of the most complete teams in yeah. football. I really do. And I think Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders have taken that offense to another level. And that's why it was disappointing about the rain last week. Because it, it, For sure. We talked uh, about it walking yeah. through the halls. Right. It took the play action and bootleg aggressive passing game away because it was a monsoon. And they rely on that more than a team like Baltimore. So it hurt them and how they tie their game plan together as to where Baltimore's game plan is tied around run game and more run game and more run game. And then, oh gosh, they're doing so much just to defend the run game. We got to drop back and throw here we're crazy right. if we don't throw it this look and that's where they take advantage tell so. your buddy kyle just to pick one running yeah. back please it would really help someone <laughs> oh, like me you. out i bet you that drives fantasy twitter crazy too yes it does uh, of course I mean, if, who is it I'm this sure week it, it hurts I, yeah, it hurts I hear deeply you. every single week thanks for coming by you the man thanks for inviting me Good you guys you. Or am I always falling out oh no, no stay here come stay on here. we're gonna close out we're stay done i can't talk anymore there's only so much i could take a bird meister okay all right peace out no you the man paul you the man good to see you hope everybody enjoyed it the 100th episode of Chris Sims Unbutton. So special. And I want to say this before we go. My man, Jonald McDonald, who we yes. hear all the time, he's moving on. He's gone Bobby big time on us. He's got a new job. He's moving on. Moving to a real theater. But it hurts me. This yeah. is my buddy over here, and I enjoy seeing his giggles behind the camera all the time. Come so on. So come here. Show everybody what you look like, Jonald yeah. McDonald. You heard his name so many here times. Here we go. Can you fix the jib and do this? <laughs> yeah, <time>? like <laughs> There's Jonald there McDonald. My man, Jonald yeah. McDonald. But good luck, buddy. Wear your flannel next all right. time. Well, <laughs> the red better. and black one, all right? You're better. Okay. All right, everybody. Peace out. You know where to find us on social media. Subscribe, rate, review. Goodbye. We're done. See ya.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.